Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, I was very uh, privileged, (laughs) as always. I really just appreciate the people that I'm able to have on this podcast so much and the conversations, but I was very privileged to sit down with Heather Odendell, and she is the co-founder of W North and Bluebird Strategy. She was recently named one of the top Canadian event pros by BizBash two years in a row uh, and has worked some of the world's most exciting events, including the Vancouver Winter Olympics. She currently resides in Whistler, BC with her two little children. Together with her husband, Mike, they co-founded W North, a global women's organization that helps support those that are mid-career via events, panels, and an educational membership. They also run a boutique events firm called Bluebird Strategy. And uh, specifically, what I really loved talking with Heather about was, um, well, two things, actually. It was talking a lot about helping women to step into their leadership role uh, in any capacity. And this is something I'm definitely very interested in uh, and that I speak to a lot. And I've seen so much that when it comes to your business and your success, it's really just all a reflection of how much you believe in yourself and how much you're willing to step into that role and embrace it and, you know, overcome the things that perhaps are prohibiting you from being able to just stay in that way of being more of the time. But I also really love talking with Heather about just the progression of her business and specifically how things have transitioned for her over this last year, given that so much of what she did relied on in-person events. And it was really interesting hearing how she kind of just embraced the flow of it and acted on ideas and where they've led her and just how expansive this past year has been, um, you know, when so, so much was unknown. And uh, I also had a bit of an opportunity just to talk to her about sort of the logistical side of building in-person events, uh, launching her membership, gaining people into her audience, um, because she's someone obviously with a lot of experience with that. And I know that that's something that a lot of people are very interested in in doing, but, you know, figuring out how to actually market something like that is a whole other story. So uh, without further ado, here's my interview with Heather Odendell. You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a business and manifestation mentor for modern entrepreneurs who know that deep down, there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the next level success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality that I desired, I went from teacher to 20 and $30,000 months in just two years in my online business. If there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe that you can become, create, and achieve anything you desire, and it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. Hello, Heather. Welcome to The Aligned Entrepreneur. Thanks so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I'm super excited to talk to you. And uh, yeah, I just really appreciate your time and wisdom that I'm sure we're all about to (laughs) hear. And my audience has gotten a little bit of a background on you and and what you're all about, but I would love to hear it straight from you, uh, who you are and what it is that you do as an entrepreneur. Amazing. Well, um, I I have two hats. So I am the CEO and co-founder 
of WNORTH. WNORTH is a global organization supporting women on their rise to senior executive leadership. And I am also the CEO and founder of Bluebird Strategy, which is an event company based in Whistler, Canada. Okay, amazing. So I would love to know from you then just to paint a little bit more of a picture for us, perhaps how both of those came to be what they are today, what your journey has looked like a little bit. Yeah. So I have now been in business for 11 years. I I actually call myself the accidental entrepreneur sometimes <laughs> because I was working in events and sponsorship um, in 2009. And um, well, uh, since I graduated from university and then in 2009, when the recession was kind of in full force, I was looking for, I was actively looking for event roles. And we were also having the Vancouver 2010 Olympics. And so I had some challenges finding um, event opportunities, but I kept getting the calls from clients uh, to do brand activations, to do event planning. Um, So I started my business in 2010, just after a contract with the Vancouver 2010 Olympics. Um, and became an entrepreneur in the event space. And hmm. uh, yeah, so I, I kind of launched full force into um, having my event planning business. And then it wasn't actually until uh, 2015 that I started W North. And that came about because I had started my business, but then a few years in, I got recruited into um, working for a Fortune 500 company. Um, So I was side hustling the event business, working for the Fortune 500 company and recognized that in my company, there were very few women in the top three layers Mm. of managed senior management at our company, but many women in the entry level mid-management landscape and wanted to, um, I wanted to uh, elevate my career. I went seeking opportunities within the company but had challenges. So I went outside of that and looked for a conference that was really supporting that mid-management, high-potential-driven leader. And when I couldn't find it, it was actually my husband that convinced me that you need to build it with your events Mm -hmm. background, with your um, sponsorship and marketing background. You have all the tools in your toolbox to create this. Um, and clearly there's a need. So that's where W North was born. I love the name of it, W North. Can you tell us a little about like sort of the development of that and then, you know, how it took shape in those earlier days? Yes, of course. So for me, it was name, the name was really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, in with intention, did not want the brand to be you know, really pink and flowery and have all of these overtly feminine names and and sort of cutesy terms attached to it. Um, You know, that at the time was the domain and and I think still sort of remains in some, in some cases with some brands associated with women's organizations. But for me, that was, that was not the plan. So we actually worked with an advertising agency out of Toronto and to develop the brand. And one of the things, you know, W definitely represents uh, women, but it also, you know, has a nod to Whistler, which is where we did our mm. first conference. And uh, 
The North aspect, many people think that the North is actually um, aligned with the fact that we do uh, have our annual conference in Whistler, but the North is actually more aligned with finding your true North and finding your vision of what success looks like to you. So that's sort of the, the story behind the brand. I love that. And that's exactly what I got from North when I heard it. Like having women step into their power and their ability to lead themselves within, is is it um, specifically women in sort of Fortune 500 world or is it entrepreneurs or is it doesn't really matter? So our, our big thing is leadership. So okay. we have we have entrepreneurs that are part of our network. We have women in the corporate sphere. We have women in the nonprofits. And it's about stepping into leadership. And, you know, we talk about senior executive leadership a lot, but it's not always about that. It's about stepping into that role and leading where you feel comfortable, where you want to lead. Okay, so... I'm sure, you know, there's so much that goes into what you teach and how you help women. Uh, And so it's, you know, probably not something you can answer with a single question, but what does some of your, like, what do some of your key processes look like in terms of helping women to step into that role of leadership and, you know, really take on, because for me, being a business coach, I have this conversation all the time, I think in a little bit of a different way in that women need to really step into their power and their belief in themselves and, you know, just really sort of emanating this energy of trusting themselves and leading with that and leading other people within their business and that kind of thing. So what are some of your teachings or processes that you help people to implement such that they can step more into that leadership role in whatever capacity is relevant for them? Yeah, so great question. And we have, you know, our part of our, a big part of W North now is our online membership. So we created a membership in 2018 that created a community of these women, um, ambitious women who wanted to connect on multiple levels. So we have, you know, kind of your traditional stuff. We have, um, and everything's virtual right now. So we'll have workshops talking about, um, Everything from managing your emotions to overcoming imposter syndrome and um, cognitive behavioral therapy and telling your brand story. But in addition, and I would say one of the most valuable things that one of the valuable programs that we do is our leadership mastermind program. So what that is about is about getting five of our members together with an executive coach um, and they meet every two weeks. And I think what's powerful about that is, is kind of the peer mentorship. Um, and, you know, I spoke about this kind of imposter syndrome and this idea that, you know, many women are like, can I do this? Can I step into the mm-hmm. next role? Um, and we tend to attract a lot of women in male dominated sectors mm-hmm. who don't necessarily have other women at the same level as them to have these honest, true conversations. So I'd say one of the most powerful things is building these really small, close-knit connections with other women that are in that similar um, career stage where they can bounce ideas off of everything from, you know, how to hire the right talent in this environment 
Um, recruiting, we see a lot of like cross collaboration and trying to recruit the right people through our network. Um, to the tricky stuff, like how do you fire somebody or how do you um, navigate a difficult situation with one of your team members? So I think, you know, as, as powerful as, you know, the workshops and the content that we do is, I think it's those curated, smaller networking experiences that are really valuable. Like women really sort of lifting each other up, so to speak. Exactly. And and it's funny because I feel like as I'm saying that, I'm like, that probably sounds so cliche, but that really is the thing. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I hear, a, so we have such a wide range of ages in our network mm-hmm. and, you know, there are quite a few and we're grow, growing the number of women that are in their like 50s and 60s, as well as kind of our target demographic, which is a slightly younger. And the women um, who are a little bit further along in their career are saying to me, I'm so glad that this exists now because this didn't exist, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. There's been a fundamental shift in the behavior of women. Um, There's been more openness to supporting one another. And, you know, we can't look so negatively at the way things were done 15 years ago because it was a different time. Mm -hmm. And there really was only one seat at the table for many women. And so it just created this unhealthy relationship with, or competition, I guess I should say. Um, But we have thankfully moved on from that. So it has given way for organizations like W North to create this environment where there is enough room, there are enough seats at the table Um, We just now need to step into that, um, you know, step into wanting that seat at the table or determining which seat at the table they do want and works for their family. Mm. So I uh, actually... I'd love to know sort of from a logistical standpoint, um, because you had this idea come to you because you saw that, you know, there wasn't there wasn't this out in the world formerly, which, you know, I'm sure came as a surprise as it, I mean, it's surprising and it's not at the same time. Um, so from having that idea and then launching it the first time, what, how did you get it out into the world? What did that process look like? Because we definitely have a lot of women, especially listening to this, who, you know, have these kinds of ideas, but in terms of knowing how to launch them, how to attract the right people, how to get you know, those in attendance, whether it is virtually or perhaps hopefully (laughs) in person some point in the near future. Um, Yeah. What was that process like for you? Yeah. So one, one thing that I would say really laid the foundations for starting W North was I was actually actively um, involved in a, um, a charitable organization here in Whistler. And we in 2011 launched an international women's day, um, luncheon, which we had community wide, several hundred people, um, at the lunch every year. Um, and then in 2014, the organization decided to go a different direction and they said, okay, we're never, we're not never, but we're no longer hosting, um, this event. And so, although that was a more community driven event, um, I had already started to expose myself to, 
um, many of the women leadership events happening globally. And I had an interest in attending events and I had um, attended, you know, as almost as a not competitive analysis, but a research project gone to um, other conferences and looked up things online. And what I really found and what kind of sort of uh, launched me in this trajectory was I came across uh, one high level um, conference in the United States that I, you know, had some really big speakers and I was just really interested in it. And I applied to attend and I got denied um, based on the fact that I wasn't running a 10 million plus um, <laughs> business. Oh my God. And I, you know, I just kind of was really, uh, is really disappointing. And it was also this realization that why was I being limited access to this? Um, because I wasn't at a certain stage. So I realized if I'm, if I'm one of those people that's experiencing this, then there must be others that can't sort of get into some of these conferences and some of, you know, this was the rise of Ted conference as well. And Ted conference, um, was taking place at the time in Vancouver you know, but it was $10,000. So for me, I wanted to create a, um, you know, a, a more accessible forum for women who were on the rise to leadership. So I, I, that's just started. I mean, the first event we planned in about six months and I will be honest with you, it, um, financially, almost broke me as an entrepreneur um, the first year because um, as with many events, uh, there's huge upfront costs and, you know, it didn't go as planned exactly. So one, not about three days before I executed the first conference, I found out I was pregnant. And so um, that also explained why I had so much morning sickness. And, right. um, but I was, I was so, I, I, when I found out, I was so excited, of course, but I was also like, okay, well, this, what does this mean for the next year? And after the conference, everyone kept asking me what, oh, I can't wait for next year. And I thought, <laughs> I don't know if I was planning a next year. Um, and so it wasn't, um, and I will I'm going to give a little shout out to one of the people, um, Teresa Gintner, um, who's the general manager of Nita Lake Lodge, which was our venue in the second year and now still to this day is our venue. Um, she, she had come uh, on a scholarship seat to the conference. She came up to me and she said, so when are you doing this again next year? And I said, honestly, Teresa, I'm not really sure I'm going to. And I, I, I just can't the, um, you know, it was costly and I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm up for it. And she said, you know what, we'll make it work. Like, mm. let's bring this conference to Nita, Nita Lake Lodge in Whistler and, and we'll make it work. And that was our first really true partnership um, in terms of, you know, that, Entrepreneur, sometimes you just need those people, those external yeah. people to nudge you and say, look, I got you. I know this was hard, but we're going to do this together. I appreciate like just the transparency in like, you know, <laughs> after the first one, I was like, mm, I don't know, actually, that was a lot of work and 
really expensive and it didn't go the way that I thought. And now I'm pregnant (laughs) because that often is like how things start. Right. And if we, I mean, I'd be interested to hear actually, like we talk a lot on this podcast about mindset manifestation. We're also really big into strategy and, you know, action taking and idea development and all that kind of stuff. So I love hearing about this, but is there any part of you that has this sort of belief? Because to me, it sounds like something that was just meant to exist in the world. And there was almost this sort of like divine intervention, if you will, that was like, no, it's going to yeah. keep going. It's supposed to keep going. Does that resonate with you at all? It it does. It does. So, you know, of course, the excitement, the stoke level, as we like to say in Whistler, was high after the, right. um, the first conference. And so many people were saying, so when you're going to do it, when are you going to do it again? Um, what I just, what I ended up doing, and I took a page from, you know, one of the, the speakers and it's a common theme, but it's like, ask for help. So mm-hmm. I, what I ended up doing was that summer I recognized, I mean, I had done it with a pretty small team and, um, that had, um, also, you know, been, something that I couldn't really financially sustain um, the team to continue on a paid level, which is very hard as an entrepreneur because you're like, I want to pay people. But what what happened was people started coming out of the woodwork of like, how can I help? How can I help? So Mm. in year two, the smartest decision I made was I developed an organizing committee. So I brought in and now they've volunteered their time. And eventually some of them have now par- par- been, uh, are part of our paid team, which is fantastic. So, um, those 10 people were the reason we were able to continue on because, um, they picked up all of these pieces. You know, we had somebody in charge of social media and, and I could suddenly delegate all of these different aspects to these wonderful champions um, that came out of the woodwork to support me. So I think when you say, you know, that it was meant to be, it it kind of was fully supported by that with all of yeah. these people coming out and saying, I want to see this exist. So I'm here for you. Oh, that just gives me shivers because it wasn't even something that, you know, you like you weren't, you weren't like, I'm going to make this happen no matter what. You were like, I don't know if it's feasible. And yet, <laughs> like it really wanted to have a life of its own, so to speak. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and so what was the evolution like then between the first year and the second year? And how did that end up going being you were pregnant and, you know, just did it evolve? Did it, was it easier? Was it harder? Did you have more in attendance? What did that look like? It was freaking fantastic. Year two, um, I like to say uh, that year one was just a really expensive photo shoot because <laughs> marketing it, materials. It was all the marketing materials. It was the videos for the social media. It was the photos. It was everything, and we ended up um, selling a bunch of great sponsors. We had. Um, an incredible year from uh, from an attendance perspective and revenue, um, and we sold out. And yeah, and that was just the beginning. And I think that year two um, and the success and the speakers, um, just everything came together. 
And it was after year two and I had this, you know, I mean, it was a whirlwind of like, you know, I had a five month old that I was breastfeeding in the audience before going upstage. Like it was all (laughs) very hectic, but I had this quiet like moment of reflection after that year too. And I was like, oh, wait, this is actually, this is going to be something. And, you know, that's kind of where, where it all um, started to unfold. And I knew that this was going to be grow beyond that. Um, Yeah. I, uh, I just love that you told that story because I mean, one thing I've often say to my guests on here is like, this is the podcast where we want to talk about the realness of business and the fact that a lot of the time it's, you know, not, super fun or not super successful right away. And even now in my business, I will launch a course, let's say, or a program with the intention that that first round is kind of like, like you said, the photo shoot, like in that, you know, if, even if I just get a small handful of people, I'm really going to pour into them and they're yeah. going to set the stage for future rounds of this to testimonials, exactly, baby. testimonials yeah. and clarity for me in terms of what the results were for people. And like, so if you can really just see it all as being an investment. I think that for so many people in business, especially in the online world, there's like an expectation that if it doesn't happen right away, then it's not going to happen at all. Or, you know, and it's like, it's just not realistic. (laughs) But if you allow it to unfold how it's meant to, then it will, right? Um, So I want to know then how many did you launch or how how many events did you have before the pandemic and what has happened in the last year? Yes. So we have had five in-person conferences. Mm -hmm. So the sixth was meant to happen in Whistler in April of 2020. So we had um, sold all the tickets and everybody had booked a combination and they were all planning on coming um, in April of last year. And then obviously in March, Um, things started to be very clear. I was actually over in London, England, uh, the first week of March for International Women's Day. We do an annual event with the Canadian Embassy there every year. And I was seeing firsthand what was happening in Europe. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I sort of, you know, South by Southwest was canceled. Everything was just unfolding. And so we recognized, and, you know, I think, uh, had to make the very difficult decision that we were canceling or canceling. We were postponing the conference. So originally we postponed it till October. Um, um, but what we did, and then of course it's gone virtual. I'll get into that in a second. Yeah. But um, the what was really interesting about that time was we canceled it or postponed it. And then I recognized that a few, like about a few days into the pandemic, the, everybody needs something right now. This was yeah. at a time where people were, you know, they were suddenly thrust at home with their kids. Like I had a one and a half year old and a four and a half year old at the time. Um, now they're up a year older, but they, they were so busy. And I was still just trying to keep my business afloat. That was primarily events-based. Um, and I just was like, you know what? I think we really need something right now. So I pulled together what, um, we launched as the pivot conference and it was 
online and it was uh, our first version of it was completely free. Um, we had over 700 people attend and we had 24 speakers and I pulled together the agenda in like seven business days or six wow. business days or something and launched. And it was, it was, you know, actually probably one of the, from a brand awareness perspective, that was one of the pivotal moments that we, we, we launched into um, sort of the next stratosphere of people understanding and knowing what we were because um, we were suddenly completely virtual. So um, luckily, two years prior in 2018, I had already launched a global online membership and we had several hundred members. So um, that was already like taking along. We had already been doing a couple of virtual events every month prior to the pandemic. Um, so we have all the systems in place to, you know, really take this, you know, mainly in-person events business and move everything online. So um, the last year we've, in the last year, we've done 50 online events and we've tripled the size of our membership. Yes. Five, 50. zero. Five, <laughs> zero. How is that? Okay. Explain these so, things to me because I don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> Well, we have literally had um, at least an event a week, if not more. So sometimes we have two events a week. We have held two, three virtual conferences and we have like numerous other, like, I mean, we're talking ranges, um, you know, in size and scope, but uh, definitely it's been a big year and um we have a lean team like i probably should mention like cuz i'm i am a firm uh believer of the lean startup model and you know just doesn't like bigger does not necessarily mean, mean better mm-hmm. and so i you know i think one of the things that was sort of uh, a savior in the pandemic was I have one full-time staff member and myself and then a couple of part-time staff members. Um, but we were a lean team. So we were a small team, but we hustled. <laughs> we hustled hard. Um, and we, yeah, we worked on all this program um, to support our community. And so um, that has been, you know, so valuable um, for everybody and as we are transitioning now into in-person events, we hope to continue that. And I actually just hired two more people wow. um, to our staff. So I just feel like the bandwidth has increased and I'm excited to see what's ahead. What I love about that story is that, you know, the pandemic happened and you were like, oh my gosh, how am I going <laughs> to like keep things afloat. Like my whole business is not my whole business, but so much of it relies on these in-person events. Um, and the idea that came to you was actually not about producing income at all. It was free. Mm -hmm. Right. But you like trusted that and decided to do it anyways. And you said from a brand awareness perspective, it was huge. Totally. So I would say we've, you know, I, I would say we've sort of shifted a little bit. I mean, we have our membership model. So a lot of our events and programming happen behind the membership wall of paid. So there is, you know, a revenue stream associated with that. And I actually just wrote an article 
that was in Thrive Global a couple of weeks ago, which was, it's time to stop hosting free events. So I want to acknowledge <laughs> that, um, you know, we did, we did a, a fair amount of free stuff at the beginning of the pandemic, but then, you know, like events industry has been one of the hardest hit. And so um, this article I spoke about, you know, it's time that we start, uh, you know, if, if it's a nominal amount, virtual events need to have some sort of like um, transaction. And there's mm. a statistic out there that 50% of people who sign up for a free event will actually show up. 80% will show up if they've paid something. So it's yeah. an engagement thing. Well, it is so funny that you say that because I was just talking to a client of mine yesterday about charging just a small amount for like an online challenge or a, you know, live stream. And it had me think about, um, an upcoming challenge that I've been working on. It's like a five day live stream series with an objective for business owners. And, and it's so true. Like I've, I, I've done these events that have, you know, $20, $50 price tags on them. And then I've done lots and lots of them for free. And I'm finding that the further I get into my business, the less engagement the free ones even seem to have. Because I think, like exactly like you said, like people don't have anything on the line. There's so much of it out there. But if you have them pay even just a small amount, uh, it, it just goes so, so far. So what is your sort of like marketing strategy, so to speak, in terms of selling online events that, you know, aren't free? Yeah. So I, I mean, I think for me, what is most important is having the right people in the room. So Mm -hmm. I have always been a firm believer of like, I'd rather active participation from a smaller group Mm -hmm. um, than hundreds of people on a free call. I mean, I hosted... I, I do quite a lot of speaking. I spoke at a conference last last week and there were, there were, it was a paid event, but there were several hundred people on the call. And I feel like because there were so many people on the call, I was trying to pull, I was trying to pull questions and I was trying to get active participation. And it was much harder because there were hundreds of people on the call. And mm. so people were feeling a little bit shy or sheepish or whatever it was, they were reserved. So for me, I'm just, I'm okay with if I, cause I charge for it, there's going to be a hundred people or 80 people Mm -hmm. rather than 500, 600 people that showed up for our other event. Um, Perfect example, last, um, uh, last month we hosted our second annual pivot conference, micro conference. And um, this was not free. We charged a hundred dollars a ticket. And I was blown away as to how well the one, the one day, no, two day conference did. Mm -hmm. We had 275 people. So, you know, it's like, just, you just have to be, you have to decide what you're comfortable with and go for it. And, and I, I was even okay if only a hundred people showed up. I was like, I just want people to be engaged. I want yeah. them to participate. I want them to ask the speakers questions and all of those things happened. Um, so it's, I would say just be okay with whether you, if you're doing a, like a, a workshop, you're selling, setting up an event, bright and you're, you know, selling it and selling for $20, be okay with only making 
$200 if eight people or 10 people or whatever show up um, because they, the difference is they will show up because they pay yes. for it and they will participate because they pay for it. Yes, exactly. And they're likely to be, you know, in further invested later down the line with other events or other offers that you've got out there because they've said to you, I'm willing to invest in my growth and I'm willing to invest in you. Exactly. Right. Whereas there are lots of people who just, they sign up for all the free things and never invest and that's fine too, but it's just not who's going to continue to support our businesses. Right. Um, yeah. So I love that. Um, Okay, so you talked about how your membership has grown, I think you said it tripled in the last yeah. year. And has yeah. that been sort of organic through all these free events that you've done? Um, yeah, what's that been like? Yeah, so definitely, you know, the we had a huge uptick um, at the beginning of the pandemic, which is so ironic too, because you're thinking, you know, at the beginning, people were just trying to get us like stay afloat. Uh-huh. Um, and they were, um, you know, they were just getting used to it. It's amazing how many people didn't know how to use zoom at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Whereas we had been using it for months uh, yeah. or years actually uh, for our programs. But it, I would say, you know, people were, we were, people were seeking connection. So there was an uptick there, but we also, we did end up doing our virtual conference in October of last year. And um, that was huge for our growth in terms of, that was at a time where people are, people were really missing personal connections. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's something that I've always tried to focus on with our programming, whether it's in person or online, is the curated smaller groups, ability to actually connect with one another. Um, and so it was all word of mouth. I will be honest with you. Um, Facebook kicked me off of Instagram ads in <sighs> December and, you know, because I used capitals or something like it's, it, there, it, there's Isn't so many entrepreneurs crazy? that are <laughs> dealing with this right now and it's happened before and I troubleshooted it. But honestly, I've been so busy that I just was like, I'm just going to see how it goes without right. Facebook ads. I'm um, just not meant to have them. That's fine. <laughs> and it was at a time where, you know, Mark Zuckerberg was not making me very happy. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to give you any more money. And, you know, I think we have, we've doubled down on our email marketing um, where, you know, there there's a couple of things that I've noticed that are just really working for us right now. And I haven't missed those Facebook ads. Um, not to say we might not get back there because one of the new hires I hired is a marketing communication specialist. So we will be probably going down that road again at some point. But honestly, word of mouth and referral is where where we're thriving right now. Well, and it sounds to me like I always consider what's the mindset behind, you know, what you're doing, especially when you're experiencing growth, because it sounds like in the very early days of the pandemic, you know, there was some like, as with all of us, it was like, oh my gosh, what is this going to mean for business? But then you sort of shifted into this place of service for people where it was like, people really need something right now. How can I show up and serve them? And in the end, that really ended up coming back to you in very favorable ways. Definitely. And I would say, you know, that our retention 
of the members that sign up is super high. Um, and we, we get that repeat, like even some people who we've lost from the membership for a, a limited period of time have come back. Mm. So, you know, I'd say it, that to your point about service is I think that I constantly put my head down and I say, what is it that people need right now? So our, our pivot conference theme was around um, emotional labor and mental health of working women right now. And that was all brought out of the fact that I just was not satisfied with, like people were not talking about this issue. Um, and we were not talking about the challenges that um, women were facing. You know, the statistic that came out just before Christmas was one third of working women wanted to quit their jobs. Um, and that was in addition to all of the women who had already left, left the workforce. So, um, I guess I'm just, because I'm living in the, <laughs> the same space as a lot of the women in our network, I kind of put, I, I put my hat on and I say, well, what do I need right now? Because that somebody yeah. else needs it right now. I love that. It really can be that simple. Right. And what I'm sort of hearing through what you're saying is like, all of it has always been bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and I think that that's one thing that it really, especially if you want to scale to a certain point, like a certain level in your business, it has to be bigger than you. The vision has to be bigger than you. You can get yourself to a certain point, probably, you know, being about your own goals. And I'm all about talking to women about their financial goals and what they really want to create for themselves. But it definitely, like it just has this energy behind it when it's like, what do I need right now? Because I know that other women need that too. And how can I serve people in a way that I see there is a need for right now? Yeah, exactly. Love that. Yeah. Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) No, I was just saying when you're, when you were talking about um, being bigger than me, um, that's, you know, where we're, we're just, we're actually preparing um, the rocket ship, I like to say, we are just, you know, we've hired two new people. I've just um, added to my board and I've recognized that we needed a few more people to take us to that next level. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of this fog of a two and a five-year-old and uh, not to say nobody would agree that I've posted by any means over the last few years, but to the point of what I was saying earlier with that like kind of lean startup model, I was like, our membership especially was data for like 18 months. Um, It was invite only. And then the pandemic hit and that's when we kind of opened it up a little bit more. So um, what's happening right now is that to your point, it's like, it's gotten bigger than me and it needs to expand. Mm. So got all the tools, you know, um, and all of the uh, resources together. So we've actually closed our membership right now. We have our wait list, um, but we will relaunch in um, the fall and that will be, you know, kind of that next level and that next stage. And hopefully that's when events come back. So it's all going to happen. We're excited for what's coming ahead. Well, and you're preparing for it, right? Like we have to take action towards where we desire to go, where we want, where we desire the business to go rather than you know, like just, just you're setting everything up. It's all going to go that direction because you're creating that space for it to do so. So, um, 
What would you say then, just sort of as we're wrapping up here, and I'm going to ask you where people can connect with you, but what would you say to the woman who is really wanting to step more into a role of leadership and power, um, you know, within her life, within her business or her career? So I would say it's really important to find your, your, your people, your, um, your, I don't say network, but, you know, find a few women that you really admire and whether that's a mentorship relationship or if it's just a friendship, um, I would say really nurture those relationships. Many of the women I talk to, um, they are, you know, they, they love their friends and their neighborhood friends or their, the other moms that they hang out with, but they're not always aligned, Mm -hmm. um, in their ambition. And I would say, find somebody that is aligned in your ambition um, and, you know, reconnect with them or connect with them, um, you know, maybe on a monthly basis uh, just to, because I, I talk a lot about ambition and I think, you know, I think in order to continue to drive that, you have to have those other women that can kind of, exactly what, as we said earlier, lift you up. So find your people um, and uh, make sure that you're, um, you're sharing your goals with them. And the other thing I would say from a, um, from a career perspective is if where you're at and your company you're working for is not working for you, you have other options. Mm-hmm. Um, so just make sure that you, and it's not easy. I mean, as somebody who's looked for jobs pre pandemic or pre recession after recession, now, you know, I luckily am not looking for a job now, but it's not easy and it may take you a year to a year and a half to find that new role, but just start looking yeah. um, because then you, um, yeah, give yourself some time. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. It's like, it's funny how we sort of box ourselves into often lives we don't even <laughs> really like, we wish we're different and it's just under this belief that there isn't more when there really, really is. You really can have whatever it is that you want. Um, I'm a very firm believer of that. So thank you, Heather. And uh, I love what you said about connecting with other women because I don't think that I would have the business I have now if other women who I've either like hired or worked with or, you know, become friends with hadn't shown me what was possible or that it was possible, right? And so in being in proximity with those people, they encourage you. They, it's just a whole different conversation. So uh, I would love for you to let us know where people can connect with you online. Yeah. So I would say follow at W North Connect um, on Instagram and our website is WNorthConnect.com and get yourself on our wait list for when we open our membership because we'd love to have you. Amazing. Awesome. Uh, And we will link all that down below for you guys. So thank you so much, Heather. I really appreciate your time today. And I've gotten a lot just listening to the evolution of your business. And um, yeah, it's, it's inspirational. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or you got value from it, it would mean the world to me if you'd share it on your Instagram stories and give the podcast a five-star review, which helps me to get this message out into the ears and the hearts of those who can benefit from it. And I'll see you guys next episode.